Here's what happens when I get sick or when my life gets so hectic that it seems like a remake of Fast and Furious but without the cars because god forbid I have to parallel park often. Not like the parallel park that often but anyway. A light bulb goes off in my head. Uh, what do you equate with strength? A strong person handles what life throws at them. The more life throws at them, the stronger they become and the more we think of them as strong because strength is their only choice or at least this is how I thought strength worked. Something bad happens to you. If you're weak, you crumble, but if you have a strong character, you push through. Persevere and make it out alive, stronger. I used to think that the way to build strength wasn't during our everyday tasks, but during like personal catastrophes, sickness and breakups and layoffs and instabilities and uh, <coughs> global pandemics. Um, yet, yet, as I mentioned, when I'm sick or when my life gets wild or a little out of control, that light bulb goes off in my head. The light bulb that tells me that the reason I, a uh, self-proclaimed strong person, feel generally happy most of the time and ready to deal with difficulties isn't because I persevere in the face of emotional storms or knockout blows in rhymes. The reason I'm strong and happy is because dun 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 dun, I've built a healthy baseline optimism. A healthy baseline optimism is a general level of optimism you've built and that you maintain even though even when things get hard or when times are kind of shitty for you or very shitty. Earlier this year I got infected with COVID-19 and saying 19 <laughs> reminds me that the fact that this virus was de detected two whole years ago and almost it's gonna be three soon whatever it's surreal that we're collectively going through this but as every infected person could tell you while we're all going through this together you go through the virus alone and sometimes very very alone and not just literally i had the quote-unquote luxury <laughs> it's <laughs> the thought of considering it a luxury is funny for lack of a better word uh, i had the luxury uh, that my partner and i both got infected <laughs> i've always ha found the phrase at least you have each other thought-provoking thought thought uh, oops uh it's like, no matter what happens, at least we have each other. Moving to a new country where you don't know anyone, at least you have each other. It's just like one of those phrases that my writer self can get enough of, of just like thinking and analyzing. We have each other in many ways, and this was just one of the ways that we now had each other in. And fortunately, we never felt severely ill. We're now healthy and back to normal. But by the end of isolation, though, I started to feel bad. The fear of battling something we 
at the time knew kind of little about. We still don't know everything there is to know about it. It it got to me, but it wasn't just that this the virus wasn't letting me do the activities that are the reason behind what I do and who I am and the way I think. These are some of my healthy baseline optimism activities and why I think I'm strong or self-proclaimed strong. Um, some of these are universal. I think you'd find them in any other video titled things to make you happier or these 10 things. Anyway, uh, I, I have an, an article actually that's like 10 non-cringy hacks that changed my life. But anyway, so I went to a, a dark place uh, because COVID-19 and being having the virus implied that I couldn't do these things at all or not to the extent I usually do. So in no particular order, uh, these are some of the activities that <laughs> truly hold my life together in ways I only remember and re realize when I'm unable to do them. Number one, meditation. I meditate every day. I'll be honest, when I'm in a rush or still very sleepy, <laughs> I do these two minutes guided meditations or meditate lying down in bed. Both of these methods are not good for me and if I'm not if I'm being honest with myself it's like I haven't meditated at all that day when I do these but I mean sure sometimes I can get in the zone in just two minutes but that's rare but meditating regularly so 10 to 15 minutes every day with a timer not lying down not half asleep has changed my mind because it literally changes your brain's gray matter and it has changed the way I handle life so yeah that's what the first activity and the second one is working out I try to work out three times a week and I think uh, I've kept this going on and off for a year and a half now, I think, which is great uh, for me. <laughs> I did uh, sports regularly when I was a kid, but um, I added this habit of working out to my life because I love exercising. I love the way it makes me feel. I know you'll, you'll hear this from everyone and it's just about like building that momentum but it's true that it makes you feel great it just is endorphins man uh, so like why wouldn't I want to prioritize prioritize prior things that make me feel amazing like workouts so if I skip workouts my body is just like question mark question mark question mark and it will actually <laughs> send me signals that it's missing the endorphins and dopamine and all that good stuff we get from moving our bodies and i swear it's funny actually this never happens when i'm on vacation not working out my body like doesn't send me those signals it's just like it's it's fine you're chilling i will allow it it's weird and i love it number three of my 
of the way that I build my healthy baseline optimism, it's quality time with loved ones. Yeah, definitely harder to, to achieve during a pandemic, but uh, I still don't know if I identify as an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, and I don't like the word. <laughs> I'm bewildered because it reminds me of frogs and I have nothing against frogs. I just don't identify with, with, with them. Yeah. And, and apparently the way, the way itself that we think of extra and introverts is flawed and the correct and simple distinction. And since it's simple, it convinces me that it's correct just because simple things usually are uh not anyway another day for that discussion uh the distinction is this that introverts recharge when they're alone and extroverts recharge when they spend time with other people and i recharge when i spend time alone uh so that makes me an introvert but god damn it do i love people there are fewer things that i enjoy more than sharing a bottle of wine with my boyfriend or having coffee in the morning with my mom or talking to my friends for hours. I'm blessed to have quality time kind of ingrained in my relationships, not as an afterthought. And if we're hanging out, I'll, I'm gladly giving the other person my undivided attention and vice versa. This is more of a 3B point, but just like one of those things that I wasn't able to do, that I love doing, that I wasn't able to do because of, because I had COVID. So let's enjoying a good drink, which is like one of those simple pleasures, but I find great joy in enjoying joy, joy, a good cocktail or drinking elaborate caffeinated products, oh, elaborate. I mostly drink by coffee or espresso, but whatever. I mean, they're elaborate in how much thought I put into them. Well, I'm usually not the one making espressos. Anyway, so because I had COVID-19 and wanted to give my body as many chances as possible at a quick recovery, I avoided alcohol besides the <laughs> one single shot of tequila that I took before an important meeting, but that's for another time as well and I avoided coffee which was surprisingly hard but yeah anyway point number four cooking I absolutely love cooking and I'm wary of throwing the word therapeutic around but it is it is just that for me the flavors the smells the process of chopping and steaming and sauteing and all of that I just love it uh, and if I'm out and about I look forward to cooking something good when I get home I uh, the only problem that I have with this is that I just love the dishes that I make so much that I don't try new recipes which is something I should I would like to change and one of my new year's resolutions was actually to cook something new every week and maybe try all of Smitten Kitchen's vegetarian recipes shout out I'm that resolution kind of want to, but yeah, whatever. New year is coming soon. New album dropping. 
I'm I've also started trying <laughs> I like that started trying not like started doing I started I've been trying to eat without watching YouTube or the having the TV on just so that I can actually focus on the incredible tastes in front of me in, well they're not always incredible but they're more incredible like the more you pay attention to them and the flavors so yeah point number five feeling focused and productive and i used to say this in my cover letter and it's true that i take pride in my organizational skills time management is an art as much as a science <laughs> you can kind of say that about everything almost but uh and just feeling in control of how i spend my day and insert quote how we spend our days is how we spend our lives here um yeah and so being being able to control control yeah i also have a, an issue with the word control maybe i'll do like an episode talking about all the words we use that i have an issue with well not an issue with but i just like to think about anyway so yeah being pleased with my daily achievements is crucial to my well-being so this is another thing like one of those small things that i thought didn't really matter and like being strong when you're facing adversity like when you're going through covid and uh having like yeah i'll just explain later let me just go through them and this is the sixth one which is gratitude uh like journaling and just <laughs> sitting in the grass looking at the sky feeling grateful about the life that I have are things that matter a lot to me. I feel gratitude about a pizza so delicious that I want another, about a kind stranger, about a delightful waitress. And I think this is what I struggled the most with during isolation and having COVID that I felt ashamed of how ungrateful I was being. So thera, thera, th in theory, <laughs> I knew that this would, this sh shall pass, that it was, it would, it was gonna pass, and I knew that it was normal to feel sad and confused and empty and scared. You have a. a deadly virus in the middle of a global pandemic because of said deadly virus oh and and your boyfriend has it too so in theory i knew that i had to be immensely grateful that we were that our recovery was i'd say pretty quick and we had no severe symptoms but in reality i i wasn't feeling that grateful i felt ashamed in a way Thousands of people had died and even more since when I had COVID have passed away and we only had mild symptoms and the privilege to medicate if needed. The vaccine wasn't a thing yet then and I, and I couldn't feel thankful about it despite knowing these facts and how incredibly lucky we were and I was just like... You can't feel grateful because you feel bad. Yeah, no, 
no one has to guilt trip me because I do it myself. It's like fine. So yes, gratitude is important to me. And so this is the, this is the way that COVID like affected all of these things that I usually do and are important to me. It affected my meditation practice because achieving achieving mindfulness, which is kind of an oxymoron since mindfulness is literally about anything but achieving and having like that attachment to the outcome. But anyway, so yeah, that meditation was pretty hard. I only thought about my symptoms that day and the way that I felt and how many days were still left. So. Similarly, you can imagine how having COVID affected the other activities that matter to me, that make me achieve that like healthy baseline optimism. I couldn't work out or sweat without fear of suppressing my immune system. Quality time with loved ones and productivity as well were out the window for the most part. And not only could I not work as much, but I couldn't even read books. I'd get headaches, actually. Um, I have to make a disclaimer. According to a report published late last year in The Lancet, uh, which used data from 9 million people, more than 60,000 of people who've had a COVID-19 diagnosis had 18% um, of them actually developed mental health issues within three months of diagnosis, so anxiety or depression. I take my research seriously and I try to be as informative as possible and just please keep in mind that this information may not be suitable to your specific situation and it's not intended to replace a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a qualified health professional, so please if you if you have or if you suspect that you have a mental health issue definitely not just from COVID but please reach out to a licensed therapist but now that it all seems like a bad dream I can reflect on this incredibly important concept building a baseline optimism uh, there's this quote from Scott Adams in his book how to fail at almost everything and still win big kind of the story of my life I love the title kind of the story of my life is in his title where he says it took a few days for my baseline optimism to return my optimism is like an old cat that likes to disappear for, for days but I always expect it to return so these little things that I do every day have helped me tremendously to become the person I always <laughs> envision uh, myself to be. So it's like, it's like if you wanted to start a business and someone just gave you like $100,000, but the business is your life and you gave yourself that 100K by investing every day. So building a baseline optimism is like investing in your future. If, God forbid, something bad happens to you, you already have a, a myriad of goodness on your side, a positive and mindful outlook focused on solutions, I'd say. And 
keep in mind that a healthy baseline optimism looks different for different people. So maybe you're naturally bubbly and hopeful and unlike me you don't have to do any activity to reach that kind of healthy baseline optimism that'll make you that'll make it easier for you to handle COVID-19 or any kind of adversity and that's just that's just who you are you're bubbly and awesome good for you like I'm happy for you but like on the other hand maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum so maybe negativity and hopelessness or like those feelings that come naturally to you so let me just say it won't be the road less traveled you won't be alone in this journey a lot of people are that way so don't don't worry and in in this case you might need to go the extra mile so maybe include more optimism boosting activities and maybe doing them more frequently and this may might sound like keeping a list of things you're grateful for that you can refer to when you're feeling pessimistic. This can look like uh, maybe doing some cognitive behavioral therapy exercises to identify between facts and opinions you tell yourself because, and this is a quote that I'll source below, much of the time we respond to our thought processes as if they reflect facts about the world, where they, whereas they more often represent opinions or assumptions. The other thing that you can do is just to entertain positive thoughts when they enter your brain. Like, think of ways that things could work instead of ways that they couldn't. I'm just asking you to entertain them, just to like be curious about them. Like, hey, positive thought, what are you doing here? Like, just be friendly. <laughs> And uh, I'm also a firm believer that hard conversations help us grow and that we should have them as often as needed. And you can make it a point to communicate assertively and not passively or aggressively. Maybe just start with like once a week or just start with small goals. That's always good. And the last thing, there are like so many things, but I've just included some. Uh, to seek therapy, like, sir, therapy is amazing. So, I don't know what building a baseline optimism looks like for you, and maybe you despise cooking that I mentioned above, and but, but you, like, really enjoy playing video games. So I don't... I don't know if you think, like I used to think, that strength is only built in the face of adversity, and that there's no way how that how we handle our mundane everyday tasks is how we handle disasters, whether natural at work or in our families or relationships. I don't know if you think that way or if you don't, but I believe that like many other good things, building strength is a marathon, not a sprint. And there's no one size fits all cure. I'm always investing in that, you know how I mentioned the 100k, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always like trying to invest in that metaphorical <laughs> bank account because I know that I believe and I know that the magic is in the little things. And I know that when I'll, when I look back, the dots will connect to form a spectacular view. So yeah, now I'd love to hear from you, is your baseline optimism at a healthy level 
what's your go-to baseline optimism boosting activity and i'd also like to know like if you had the coronavirus i would love to know what helped you get through it peace